Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This particular episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Benji Kong. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get an exclusive podcast over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Episode 233 of Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Get a free book and directly support the show by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible. When you get there, you're going to find thousands of books from every genre, pretty much Anything that you want, you can find on Audible. And if you like listening to uh, audio content like this, you're probably going to like audio content like Audible. So make sure that you check that out. Again, the URL is runjumpstomp.com slash audible to directly support the show. Uh, Last episode, I made a uh, Twitter poll at the request of, I think it was Hopple in chat. I can't remember for sure, uh, but I made a Twitter poll during last episode. And, oh, I suppose I should talk about the elephant in the room as well. Not a literal elephant, but um, it's Monday. I'm recording this a day early, and the reason for that is because tomorrow is my first day back with students. In addition to that, it's also my mother's birthday, and we've got Taekwondo in the evening. And all those things coming together, like all at the same time, means I don't think I'm going to have time to record tomorrow. So I'm recording a day early. And I didn't really think about the podcast being tomorrow um, when I was recording last time. So that's why I didn't give everybody a a heads up or a warning. All right. So let's go back to what I was talking about uh, again. Something is eating my frames. That's right. Something is eating my frames. I'm just going to continue because there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, So last time, uh, I think it was Hopple in chat said, uh, why don't you do a a, a Twitter poll about because I kind of asked people what they were going to do with Nintendo Switch online. And we've got our results. Um, I I basically asked, are you going to be picking up Nintendo or if you're going to be picking up Nintendo Switch or not, and if you are, are you going to do that full year, or are you going to go month to month? And 79% of the people who answered said that they're going to full year, 7% of people said that they're going to do month to month, and 14% of people said that they are going to be skipping uh, uh, the Nintendo Switch online altogether, so they won't be able to play online after that. Um which is too bad. Some of the reasons that people gave, uh, Casey Gibson uh, said the price point for the full year is too low not to dive in, uh, in my opinion, unless you don't plan on using the service at all. Uh, Dan Yowster said you got to back up those saves. Uh, Chris Biting, is uh, he's actually been on one of my podcasts before talking about his, uh, oh, I can't remember what he talked about, his barcade. Uh, he said uh, he's getting the family pass, which is that $35 option. Josh Creighton said taking advantage of that family plan. 
Uh, Julian Sharp says it's cheap for a year. Why wouldn't you? Uh, Trash Punk Gamer says I'm probably skipping, but that's because console multiplayer gaming is not their cup of tea. I'm paraphrasing there, of course. Um, so there you have it. Um, most people are going after uh, the full year. Not not a whole lot of people are skipping it, but actually that 14% number is higher than I thought. With the price being $20 a year, I thought it was going to be pretty much everybody jumping in on it. Um, but, you know, 14%, that's that's a pretty small amount. I think Nintendo is going to be very happy with that. Um, Space Escalator, it's not just you. Apparently, we're having internet issues, of course, and uh, there's not much I can do about it. So I'm just going to continue. Um, sorry about that. Let's uh, go ahead and move on to the next story, and that is... Uh, very interesting one that this was actually pretty surprising. Now, for those of you that don't know uh, what Brawlhalla is, it is this, it, it almost feels like somebody said, all right, let's take the essence of what Smash is without all of the polish and um, let's put it out as a 2D game instead of a 3D game and uh, we'll call it Brawlhalla. And I it seems like I'm kind of talking down about it and I'm only saying that because you know, it's not smash and, uh, but nothing else is smash, you know, uh, it's not going to compare well to smash, but at the end of the day, it's a pretty fun little fighting game. I have it. I think it's a free game. I have it on steam for free. At least I think I got it for free. I don't think I would have paid for it. Um, but anyway, there, there's a very, very interesting thing happening in that, Rayman is coming to Brawlhalla. Now, why is this interesting? Uh, it's not interesting to me because I am a fan of Brawlhalla. Not that I think it's a bad game. I, I kind of already covered that. Uh, but why is it interesting? It's interesting because does this preclude Rayman from being in Smash Brothers? Like... Ubisoft is sitting here and, and they're like, oh, well, we'll have Rayman be in Brawlhalla. Is that because they know that he's not going to be in Smash? Or do you think that um, Nintendo would... I mean, Nintendo obviously can't tell Ubisoft what to do with their IP. But Nintendo could say, uh, listen, if you're going to have Rayman be in Smash, then Rayman can't be in these other games. Uh, I can I can see why I can see Nintendo doing that. I don't think it's a good idea, but I I can see Nintendo doing that. They're very very micromanaging, very very controlling, uh, and that would not surprise me even a little if that were the case. And a lot of people were saying, you know, what third party characters do we want to see in Smash Brothers? And a lot of people were saying Rayman uh, would be a good fit for Smash Brothers, and I tend to agree that it would that. Uh, that character would fit overall really, really well in the Smash Brothers franchise. Um, and it looks like Brawlhalla thought the same thing. So uh, I, I'm very curious as to to what people think. Are we going to be seeing Rayman in Smash or not? I think that this is a pretty good indicator that we will not see Rayman in Smash. And whatever else is uh, is out there, or whatever third-party character that we do see, I don't see them... Uh, being in a game that is so much like Smash, because you know that's almost like kind of going in and taking the rug on, out from underneath Nintendo. 
uh, to make that announcement this close uh, to the release of Smash Brothers. Uh, so I don't I don't think we're going to be getting Rayman, but I'm very curious. Do you think we're going to be getting Rayman uh, in Smash? In fact, right after I finish uh, this segment, I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to make a, a, a Twitter poll asking if you guys think that Rayman could coexist in both games. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, t- Twitter.com slash run jump stomp. Valkyria Chronicles is coming to the Switch, and I know some of you are like, wait a second, we already knew that Valkyria Chronicles is coming to the Switch. You're right, we did. We knew that Valkyria Chronicles 4 is coming to the Switch. That game is coming out on September... No. um, Oh, gosh. September 15th. That game is coming out on September 15th. Okay. But we're going to get another Valkyria Chronicles and it's the only one that I've played. That's the first one. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 1 is coming to the Switch. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this because I loved this game. I didn't finish it because uh, shiny things distracted me, as they often do. Uh, but it is a fantastic game. And I find it really strange that uh, they're bringing Valkyria Chronicles 1 to the Switch after... Valkyria Chronicles 4 comes to the Switch because 4 comes out on September 15th, which I'm definitely going to have to to order that or buy that. Uh, And then Valkyria Chronicles 1 comes on October 16th, so about a month later. Now, if you already purchased um, Valkyria Chronicles 4 when the first one comes to the Nintendo Switch, you'll be able to pick that up for 20 bucks. Um, well, 25% off 20 bucks. So there you go. So, um, if you have not played any of the Valkyria Chronicles games, I've only played the first one. I thought it was fantastic. It's a very, very unique style of game, uh, which is awesome, but I, I don't think it's imperative that you play them in order. So you can start with four if you want. And then if you're really enjoying it, go back and uh, and, and pick up the first one. Uh, really, really great game. And I'm really looking forward to the fourth one on the Switch. Am I going to pick up the first one again? That is a really tough decision for me. Um, it, I have it on my computer and I can play it whenever I want. Uh, as long as I have my switch, or I'm I'm sorry, as long as I'm at my computer, and I even ha- I have a Steam Link, uh, which is this little box that you can hook up to any TV in your house, and it will connect to your computer uh, over your network, and then broadcast your gameplay on that TV. So I can I can sit in the other room and play Valkyria Chronicles One on my TV from my computer, and um. It it works great. I've done it before. So, like, having it on the Switch, the only option or the only benefit for me for having it on the Switch would be able to take it out of the house, which I really don't take my Switch out of the house very much. Uh, not unless I'm going on a trip or something. And I guess I could also just kind of sit there and play it while somebody else is using a TV. Um, but I don't know. I think that I'm going to... Skip Valkyria Chronicles 1 only because I already have it and I can already play it on any TV that I want. Uh, that being said, if you haven't played it, you should definitely pick it up 
And uh, if you're not sure, if you want to jump in with both feet on Valkyria Chronicles 4, which I'm going to assume is going to be a $60 game, um, then you could probably just wait, test the waters with Valkyria Chronicles 1 for 20 bucks, and in, if you really like that game, then you could probably pick up Valkyria Chronicles 4 when it goes on sale, probably around Christmas time or maybe right after Christmas. I mean, I don't know that it's going to go on sale, but I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, all, uh, but no matter what, you should definitely pick up one or both of these games because, uh, the Valkyria Chronicles games, well, the first one is fantastic. I never played the second one, which I guess was, uh, had smaller maps. and was very different from the first one. I never played the third one, which kind of went back to, uh, the first one in terms of overall tone. And from what I've heard, the fourth one, the newest one that's that's coming to the Switch, that's supposed to be very much like the first one, uh, which is what I like. So, so there you go. This is actually really surprising to me to see this next story. Uh, and the reason why it's surprising to me is because of something that I, I've talked about before. Uh, let, let me just, I'll, I'll tell you what the story is. The president of PlayStation um has acknowledged that the Nintendo Switch has had an overall positive influence on the video game industry as a whole uh which is very very surprising to me to hear them say this especially considering the recent nonsense that's been going on with the crossplay and I, I don't want to get into it completely uh, because I recently recorded a uh, Patreon episode about uh, just Sony and, you know, they're, they're really, really better than everybody attitude that they kind of have right now. Uh, and I don't want to like that's about a 15 minute rant. Um and I don't want to duplicate that, but I will say it if you're a patron and you want to check that out, it's over at uh, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Um, what I do want to say is that it's good that, that Sony is a, acknowledging that Nintendo is has a positive influence. I mean, it must be really painful for them to say because for all intents and purposes, the Nintendo Switch is what... Um, what Sony was trying to do with the Vita, and they just were not able to pull it off, if you know what I mean. Like, they were trying to get this with the Vita. I mean, not the detachable controllers or anything, but this is basically a more powerful Vita that has HDMI so that you can play it on a TV. That's basically what the Switch is, and Nintendo just executed it better than Sony did. Uh, Sony kind of, you know, they had the Vita and um, they just kind of let it die. Uh, they they really could have supported that thing really well, uh, but they let it die. They made some poor decisions. Uh, I'm not going to get into exactly what those poor decisions are because I didn't really follow it myself. I never had a Vita. Uh, my old podcast, which was Run, Jump, Stomp, uh, there was my co-host on there who was Zap. He was a huge Vita fan. Uh, and he could tell you a lot more about why the Vita uh, failed or uh, failed to catch on uh, as as well as the Switch. Um, 
But the fact that the president of Sony is saying that Nintendo is having an overall positive influence on the entire gaming industry is very surprising since this comes right on the tail of uh, their CEO saying that the reason we don't do cross-play is because all the other platforms are inferior to ours, uh, which is, uh, you know, just antagonistic and uh very very like i think i i you know i've heard people call it an icarus moment where you know they're flying too close to the sun i think that overall uh sony is in the wrong place here and i'm not going to get into a whole long discussion about that um but it's very surprising to hear their president praising nintendo for having such a good influence on the entire industry after their CEO uh, was saying how horrible it must be to play on any system that's not a Sony system. Uh, so what is the overall positive influence that Nintendo is having? I guess that's the bigger question that we that we have to uh, discuss here. And I didn't really put any thought into this ahead of time. In fact, I just now thought of that as what is the overall positive influence that that they are having on the entire industry. Well, you know, without Nintendo, there is no portable gaming industry outside of using your your phone. And I know that myself, as uh, one example, uh, I hate using my phone to play video games on. And, you know, I talked about how last episode uh, I talked about how I'm going to check out Dragalia Lost, but, you know, it's not going to be something that... I probably am not going to love it uh, because it's on a phone and I don't want to play games on my phone very much. Uh, but there would be no mobile gaming if not for Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo pretty much invented the market. I'm not going to say that they were the only ones to do it. I, I think, um, oh gosh, who the heck was it that um, uh, in television, I, I think that they started, actually Coleco. I think Coleco, if you look behind me on the video, you can see a Coleco Nintendo uh, little Donkey Kong arcade. That was kind of a their, you know, attempt at portable gaming. And, you know, when I was a kid, I had uh, a Game & Watch, uh, which uh, at the end of this segment, I'll try and remember to use the Game & Watch audio from the 1970s. Um, Japanese commercial where they're singing about Game & Watch. But I had a Game & Watch when I was a kid. Uh, it was Donkey Kong 2. I don't remember much about it except that I had it and it was brown with like a gold cover and I loved that thing. And it was shaped like a a, a, a DS, you know, where it had two a screen on the top and a screen on the bottom. And it had a clamshell design. Uh, so, uh, gosh, what's his name? Oh, shoot. What's the guy who came up with Game & Watch? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yokoi. Uh, Mr. Yokoi uh, came up with that design, and it stood the test of time. You know, uh, He did great with that. But what is the overall influence that Nintendo is having now? I mean, we know that Nintendo pretty much invented pl playing your games on the go. They didn't invent it, but they, they made it happen with the Game Boy. Um there it was a, this funny there was this company i can't remember who it was but they were 
they were making a portable Nintendo system. Like it would actually play the full size cartridges and it was really, really bulky. And they went to Nintendo to say, hey, look at what we've been working on. And Nintendo said, well, you know what? I think you should probably stop where you are there and take a look at this instead. And they they brought them into the fold and showed them the Game Boy. And the Game Boy pretty much is what really launched uh, portable gaming. And even, you know, it was really surprising to me a few uh, episodes ago. You know, I was looking at the numbers, the the sales numbers for uh, video game consoles, including mobiles, uh, or not mobile, but portable gaming. And man, the portable gaming just, it, it outsold everything. Uh, the Game Boy was a, a juggernaut. Um, and there's been a lot of people who've come along to try and dethrone Nintendo and they haven't been able to do it yet. I mean, you look, look, think of it this way. Sega came, came in with more powerful hardware. You know, the Game Gear was better. It was objectively better than the Game Boy, but the Game Boy was much more popular. It wasn't as powerful. It only had four colors on its screen. The Sega Game Gear had way more colors on the screen, but people weren't interested in it because of the battery life. Nintendo's always been able to kind of hit that right balance between power and battery life for their uh, portable gaming. And I think, you know, the Nintendo Switch is obviously... uh, you know, one more piece of evidence that Nintendo can do that kind of thing. If you had asked me before before the Switch was announced, if I thought that the 3DS was the last portable video game system that we'll ever see, I probably would have said yes. I probably would have said, yeah, there's, you know, it's too hard to compete with, with cell phones. Cell phones, everybody has a cell phone. Uh, you know, my, my kid's 10, or my son is 10, uh, uh, my daughter's in college and my niece is, uh, you know, 15, but my, my son is 10. He doesn't have a phone yet, but most of his friends do. And, uh, it's really tough to compete with this kind of thing. Um, not only does it play games, but it also does so much more. And, you know, the switch is very limited when you're comparing it to a cell phone. Yeah, it it plays games and it plays games much better than a cell phone does. Um, but it doesn't do all those other things that people want it to do. So the fact that Nintendo has brought back portable gaming into this industry that had pretty much written it off is incredibly impressive. And I think that's probably, uh, what the president of, uh, Sony PlayStation was, was talking about. Do I think that we're going to see a hybrid from Sony at E3 next year. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people, you know, so the Switch came out in uh, March of uh, 2017. And then E3 for 2017, it really got its real showing. Uh, people got to see Mario and everything that it was. And people were blown away by it, and it just kept selling and selling and doing well. And, you know, when the Switch first came out, a lot of people were saying, well, we're going to see Sony and Microsoft copying Nintendo at E3 this year, and then we didn't. And you know why we didn't? Because it takes a lot longer than three months for you to develop something like this. 
Like that's that's insane for people to think that uh, Sony and Microsoft would be able to make something like the Switch in three months, um, or even six months if you count it. Uh, it's not six months, but uh, even like nine months if you count it from the first time that we saw a commercial for uh, the Nintendo Switch. And if if I were to guess, I would probably say that both Sony and Microsoft saw that commercial for the Nintendo Switch and said. All right, well, we'll see what happens, but I don't think it's going to last. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think Nintendo's going to do well with this because it's not as powerful as our systems because we care about how many teraflops per second you can get. And I think for the most part, most customers don't. They don't care about those ridiculous numbers. And yeah, the the Xbox One X is insanely powerful. The Sony PS4 like, I can't believe how good some of the uh, PS4 Pro, I can't believe how good some of the games look on that system. It's unbelievable uh, how beautiful uh, of a game can be rendered on those things. But guess what? There are games on the Nintendo Switch that look gorgeous, too. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is one of the prettiest games I've ever seen, even though um, Breath of the Wild is 720p on the on the screen here or i think it's 900p when it's docked that game still looks gorgeous and i think at the end of the day the numbers don't matter to most gamers what they really care about is is the game fun does it look nice is it the best no but it's really really good and that's probably enough and uh i i feel like uh sony is looking at this and they're saying, you know, maybe we've been chasing these numbers for too long and we need to focus on something else. And are, are we going to see something at the next E3 from Sony that is a portable? Maybe the Vita 2 or, you know, I don't know what they would name it. Maybe. We might. I think I think Nintendo is kind of on to something here. In fact, there were even patent patent applications or leaks uh last year that showed uh a, a <clears throat> excuse me a tablet like device um with ps4 controllers that snapped onto the side basically um so i don't know maybe we will see something i don't think we'll see anything from xbox because um you know microsoft seems to say well you can just buy a surface and then plug your controller into it and get the same thing and to me, that's not the same thing, but I understand where Microsoft is coming from. There's been a lot of people that ever since uh, uh, Microsoft got into the industry, there's been a lot of people who've said, are we going to get a portable Xbox? And I, and, and for a very long time, I wanted one, um, but no, I don't think we're ever going to get a portable Xbox, at least not this generation and not next generation. I could be wrong about that, but I, I do think that there's a possibility of PlayStation trying to jump back in on this because they see the overall positive influence that Nintendo has had on the entire industry. Music for today's episode is Chrono Trigger Calamitous Judgment uh, from Zircon from the free remix collection. Make sure you check out their stuff over at runjumpstomp.com slash music. Uh, uh, don't forget that if you want the full show, you can either come watch live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the videos after the fact over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Finally, 
If you're looking to support my content, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All the links there help me create more content. Big thank you to everyone who has already supported the show. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much. And now it's time for me to get out of here. I'll see everybody next time. Bye-bye.